Hey Northridge, welcome to A Little Better, where our goal is to know God better and to do better so that we can be a little better. Hey everyone, welcome back to A Little Better. We're so glad that you're with us uh, this week again. And I don't know why I said uh, this week, which is very <laughs> awkward, but I am very thrilled to have two special guests with us, uh, Dr. Michelle Garinger and Laura Capuano. I'm going to give you guys a little bio on them, but for now, Michelle, why don't you say hi quick? Hey everybody, uh, my name's Michelle and I'm not 100% sure how I got on this podcast, but I'm really excited <laughs> to share a couple things with you guys. And Laura, why don't you say hi? Uh, I'm the one that's not a doctor, so I also don't know why I'm involved <laughs> in this. <laughs> I would like to be clear, there's only one doctor, and it is Dr. Michelle Garinger. <laughs> yes. That's how uh, I so would introduce myself guilty. 100% of the time if I were a doctor. <laughs> right, right. I would as well. I would, the, if anyone's wondering why I've never introduced myself that way, it's because it's not true. <laughs> and every time I ever did it, it was a lie. <laughs> People love it when you say, hi, I'm Dr. Michelle. It's a big <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Not pretentious at all. Mm, oh, no. my goodness. Mm, no, no. But, um, okay, so a couple things for all of you that are uh, listening. We've got, you know, there's three of us here, so there's nobody else hiding. Every once in a while, I'll listen to a podcast, and it turns out there was, like, one more person than I thought. And I think that they're <laughs> operating the assumption that you're watching. So there's only three of us here. It's Aaron, Lara, and Michelle. And for all of our viewers, uh, you can tell that I'm rocking the uh, Red Sox hat right now. We're terrible, um, but... It is what it is. You got to stick with them even when they're bad. And Lara is in the beautiful Adirondacks, which by the way, for only, for those who are just listening, um, you're missing out on a, a lovely view. Why don't you show us the, the body right. of water you're next to? Here's where I'm at. Unbelievable. It's beautiful. Yes. You're going to have some friends cabin. Yes. For the listeners, you're just going to have to imagine the Adirondacks in, in all of its iconic beauty. So Yes, just very idyllic. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we're jumping in. Um, Michelle, let me give you an answer to why you guys are on here. How's that? Um, Dr. Geringer is an audiologist who also <laughs> spends her time as the outreach coordinator. No. I think she is an audiologist one day a week, although I'm not sure about that. Is that correct? Yeah, one to two days a week. One or two days. Well, I guess you're an audiologist every day, but you only do that professionally one or two days a week. And then you're Just our outreach it. coordinator. So, um, yeah, doing lots of things. And when we first met, Michelle, you were at Next, go about to join a community group or something years ago. And then you were a small group leader with NYM and then all kinds of things. And now you're helping head up. Your, your job is focused specifically on global outreach. That's, is that correct? Yeah, global. And then um, all the things we've done with COVID, there's been lots of different ways we can reach out to our communities like locally. So I'm involved with a lot of that stuff too. And then every year in December, we get to do some fun ways to share about what all our partners are doing. And I get to kind of plan and like share all the wins from all those organizations every December. Awesome. Awesome. And then Laura, you're on because honestly, every time we talk, it feels like you have somebody else that you're connecting with who's far from God or mm -hmm. has a different worldview or something. And you just have amazing connections. And I think a winsomeness that inspires me when it comes to living a pie squared life. So I just wanted to hear from you more about this. And it had nothing to do with a doctorate or lack thereof. It just wasn't relevant. <laughs> okay, great. Good. <laughs> good, good yeah, good. that's uh, great. Cool. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I definitely, I, say, if I definitely, oh, go ahead. Uh, I, was, I was just going to uh, mispronounce your name a little bit. So why don't you give us a more serious thing? 
Oh, gosh. No, that's, I mean, I, connecting with people who have a different worldview, I would say is a big part of my life for sure. Um, I don't know if that is, it's intentional or not, but it is certainly not, not intentional. Like I've, I've never been one to try to create a Christian bubble in my life. I've always really loved and appreciated um, varying perspectives and also just being able to surround myself with real people who are just in, in proximity to me. So my neighbors and people in my community, and I really, uh, I just genuinely love people. So Mm. that part's easy for me. I love that. That's great. And your name is Lara Capuano. I know that yeah. Lara is easy to mispronounce. And so occasionally people will say Laura or Lara. Or and by people, just... you mean you on a regular basis <laughs> to be obnoxious. I would like <laughs> to say that I do it on purpose, but For I don't know. For the record, know. he mispronounces everyone's name on purpose. It's his opening yes. line. It is. It is. Michelle Geringer. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Mitchell, Mitchell Geringer. Mitchell Geringer and Laura Capuano are what we're uh, calling here. <laughs> I think it's because my name is very difficult to mispronounce. So it's just something I can throw at people and they can't throw back. Because like, how are you going to mispronounce, I guess, A.A. run, which is what it is. But anyway, we actually did, guys. We had a question that came in yesterday. Someone uh, mentioned this to me and Great. I wanted to throw it out to you guys. After yesterday's message, which was um, about, all about investment. Um, and you know, 25 minutes of the most boring thing you've ever heard is what happened yesterday. And somebody had a question unsurprising with my lack of clarity. Here's what they asked. Um, this is from Andrew. And he just said, how do we, when we go to share our faith, it can be easy to talk about why Northridge is awesome as opposed to why God and Jesus are awesome. Talking up Northridge isn't bad. He's saying, but how do we navigate going from my church is awesome in quotes, to our friends, to instead being, Jesus is awesome. And I think that's actually a really fair tension because so often we talk about invitation as being focused on church. And so in this invest phase, it's an easy toss up to like, hey, you know, come check out my church. It's a little easier than like, let me talk about Jesus. So why do you think, why do you think we go for church is awesome rather than Jesus is awesome? And I'll have, I'll have Michelle, you jump in first on this. Why, Why do you think we go to that? And then what are the upsides or downsides to that? Yeah, uh, I think people. I think people genuinely love what has brought them to the opportunity to know Jesus. Like, if you love Jesus, then and you think, oh, Northridge Church, that was like the conduit to me getting to Jesus. That was the bridge. Then you naturally love it. And I think that uh, we just have to be careful about how we talk about things. Getting the opportunity to just share that it's really the final thing that I wanted to get to was Jesus. It wasn't just walking into Northridge church and sitting in a service. It was that being there led me to Jesus. Um, so I think, I think we can be just like cognizant of the way that we talk about things. Um, and I, I also think that, um, as, as people who have known Jesus maybe for a longer time, it's easy to also share about different ways that you've heard about him. So most people's stories that I've heard, they heard about Jesus when they were a child. And then again, when they were a teenager and they said, no way, I'm not interested, or I think that's crazy. And then over and over again, um, their lives came around to a point where they were interested in pursuing faith. And I think sharing that full story can also give a fuller picture that it's not Northridge Church, but it's like the people of God that brought me to the place where I got to meet Jesus. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, that's really good. Laura, do you have any thoughts to add to that? 
Yeah, I guess I think on the why, um, maybe an answer might be, I know at least for me, I feel like sometimes I want to sell our church because I want to differentiate from other people's church experience. So I think the church and Christians are responsible for a lot of hurt in people's lives. And I think trying to, sometimes I will try to sell Northridge a little bit because I want to say like, I promise it's different. Like the people are going to, you know, they're not judgmental or they're open. Um, They're, nobody's expecting you to come in a certain way and behave a certain way, but like you're welcome and loved just as you are. So I sometimes think it's maybe an overcorrection um, because we're afraid to acknowledge some of that history from the church. And I don't mean our church or any church specifically, but just in general, like sure. the secular view of the church isn't always favorable and sometimes for good reason. And so I think some of it is wanting to differentiate a little bit. Um, and like some of the things Michelle's saying, just not necessarily wanting to go right deep on the thing that may not seem as palatable right, right away. Um, but I, I try to think of it as like a, one of my sort of ministry philosophies is what you win people with is what you win them to. And so we want to win people with Jesus um, and so that we win them to Jesus instead of this idea of obviously the belonging is great, but when we win people with Jesus himself, which is so easy to do because he's so attractive. Um, when we win people with grace and love and mercy and genuine relationship, um, that invests them into something bigger than a church, any specific church. So I think, I don't know, I think a lot of it is just scared to be associated with a bad experience that they've had in the past too. Yeah, Laura, I love that. I think that, like Aaron, you, you spoke this Sunday about how high square that's our investment strategy, that's our outreach strategy, pray, invest, invite. Um, and it's so easy for us to feel like inviting is inviting to church. And so many people that I talk to are not going to walk into the, the walls of our church, but they are very willing to walk into a conversation about what they believe. They're willing to walk into you praying for them, or maybe even a text that says, Hey, I just saw this about God today and it reminded me of you or listen to this cool thing about my patience factor. It's low at work, but like maybe you could listen to this too. And I think that those are ways that we can connect with people, invite them toward what we believe in a very palatable way and in a way that's kind of where, where they're at. Like we talk a lot about like walking with people along the way or meeting people where they're at. A lot of people aren't at the point where they're ready to walk into church but they are ready to talk about meaningful topics, not just church, not just God, but all kinds of meaningful topics if we're willing to figure out what they actually think and, and listen. Yeah, and that's, I think, what you just said is the key. It almost sounds like we're talking about invitation, like the third week of this series, but in so many ways, it actually is still in the invest phase because everything you just described, if you're going to do that well, it assumes a personal relationship, knowledge of the person, their phone number so that you could text them. You know, like there's, it implies a degree of relationship that's already built that I think is what the two of you, again, the reason we're having this conversation is I think that you both do that very intuitively. And so then you're already thinking strategies of inviting that are effective and meeting people where they are. But all of that is built on a foundation of the fact that like you've already done groundwork. You know, you, you already have, met them, gotten their names, their kids' names and whatever, like you have a relationship with these people. So 
I want to talk a little bit about that because on Sunday, obviously, we were super focused on why do we invest because we think it's most effective. Um, we have to think about the tensions of not jumping past investment, but also not getting stuck in investment. It's a little bit of a sticky thing there. And then in the end, how we should be doing it, I just basically gave a bunch of tips about friendship. <laughs> and so um, how, what have you found in your life, either related to what I said on Sunday or just tips from your life? What are some things that you've done that have helped you frame investment in a way that has been effective? I'm going to start um, with Laura. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to direct. <laughs> okay. It was supposed to be directed. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I've already broken my promise. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like um, the key, and you, you talked about this, is like a sincere investment starts with like a genuine, not an exploitative, motive-based um, kind of investment, but a genuine like curiosity and care and concern. Um, for the people around you, I feel like when you um, just try to cultivate a mindset where you, apart from whatever you wish for their eternity, <laughs> you want to see, and like and we, we talk about Jesus coming to give us life and to give it abundantly, like that's for here and now too, not just eternal life. And so when you kind of cultivate this mindset that I want the people around me to have a full, rich better life. We can, there are a lot of, so many needs that we can meet around us. Um, not in a condescending way, but in a relational way, like my older neighbors going into the grocery store right now, it's so, it, it just sparks so much anxiety for people who have underlying health conditions or that are older, or this are a little bit more vulnerable right now during COVID. So that was a great time for me just to kind of ping my neighbors and just say, I'm going to the store who needs what? And it was such small things. They're like, oh my goodness, just it just a quart of milk. And I'm like, okay, that's not going to get you very far. What do you really need? Do they you sell know? milk in quarts? Means, I don't know. <laughs> we like, buy I'm it by like the triple gallon. For I buy it in quarts. I buy it in quarts. They do. It's real. Oh my real. goodness, Michelle. I know. Amazing. I'm like one teaspoon of milk per neighbor. I don't want to be drinking old milk. Yeah. Very, I'm very paranoid about the milk status. I'm constantly checking. <laughs> that is so funny. Uh, but so just like meeting those basic needs or just kind of creating, and you talked about this, like building relationship or surrounding rhythms. So for me, like going to the store with I have five kids, there is no, there, we're, there's constantly a milk shortage. We never have expired milk. <laughs> so I'm always going to the store. And so just thinking like, all right, I'm just going to, pick up a couple extra peaches or a couple extra whatever it is that I'm buying and I'm going to bring those to my older neighbors. Just meeting very basic needs, but out of a genuine desire, not just for their, you know, their eternal destination, but because I would like for them to have like fresh produce during this time. I think that is helpful and important and um, something that is so easy and tangible to do is having a genuine care for their well-being. Mm. And then those opportunities come up supernaturally. I don't sure. mean supernaturally necessarily, but just very naturally and very easily. Very naturally and supernaturally. And right? also because supernaturally. We, we, we see those things as being intertwined. Yeah. Michelle, oh, I, love, I love that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think like I believe in Jesus because he brings me joy. I, I want an eternity, but it's hard for my mind to even wrap around the idea of heaven and an eternity with God. And I like thinking about those things sometimes, but honestly, I choose to follow Jesus because he brings me joy 
right now. And I think mm-hmm. that that's something that I want to share with other people. Um, and even, even if somebody doesn't end up believing that God exists or anything about the Christian lifestyle, um, I think that they might end up believing that something about the Bible. And I think that the Bible gives us a really great way to live and it brings you joy. And so I, I like to share like even just tidbits of things that I'm learning or struggling with, with people. Um, like practically speaking, uh, Laura, I love that you're just like buying stuff for your neighbors. I definitely do the same thing. Uh, my roommate and I have gotten a little bit of a popsicle thing working with our next door neighbors. They've got a couple kids that are outside doing all kinds of sport, like different kind of sporting things. The little, one of the little guys was attempting rollerblading the other day down a grassy hill. It did not go well. And we were like, get the popsicles, get the popsicles. So we just have like popsicles ready to go for them. And we just like walk across the street and give the kids popsicles and like talk to the parents. And like, it's not, we're not like, doing anything huge for them, but we're just thinking about them and we care about them and we, we notice, we notice what's happening. And, you know, I think during COVID it was even easier because I'm just home more often. I'm literally sitting in my yard a lot more frequently and like grilling outside and then people are out in their yards and you see them more often. And so I think COVID and the summer does create some more natural times for me to connect with neighbors just about goofy things like rollerblading and popsicles. That is awesome. Yeah. And that has, everything Aaron. you're describing has been to me, my exact same experience during COVID. And it something that was actually an accident is Lauren, my wife has been getting interested in woodworking. She actually made a couple chairs and put them out in front in our front yard. And I thought they were going to be lawn ornaments. If I'm being honest, I wasn't sure we were going to use them that much because we tend to hang out in our backyard. And her putting those chairs there has meant like it's under the shade of a tree. It's actually really nice. There's a better breeze in the front yard. So we were like just at a practical level chilling out there in the evenings and letting our boys run around. And you know, a three-year-old and an 18 month old are our neighbor magnets, right? Like they love watching little kids run around and people are out walking. And I just cannot believe how many conversations we've had just literally because we're sitting in a different part of our house where we're visible and as you said, it's all it takes is instead of being like, oh, hide from the neighbors, here they come again. It takes the intentional thought, I like these people, or I would like to like these people. And just that simple step. <laughs> and eventually we'd like to think that Jesus has made a difference in our life. And so at some point he's going to come up if we're walking with him, if he's made a difference in our life, et cetera, et cetera. But all of that is predicated on contact. Like Drew even said in his message a couple of weeks ago, you can't apply the gospel to a problem you aren't actively trying to solve. Well, you can't bring the gospel to a relationship that you haven't created. You know, so if you don't have contact, you'll never talk about Jesus literally zero times if you never have contact. So I just think it's about sometimes even manufacturing contact in these natural ways. Sorry, Laura, were you about to say something? No, I I think you should tell them about your COVID time flyers. Oh yeah. (laughs) I thought it was great. I think it was great. I think you should talk about it. Uh, I don't know what came over me. I think I had heard a podcast or two or something. I, 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 there's no chance this idea was original with me, but sometime early in COVID, um, I got the idea to, uh, write a letter to all the neighbors. I live on a little, it's not a, it's not a cul-de-sac, it's a circle, but it kind of functions as its own little neighborhood in our neighborhood. And there's probably, you know, 20 something houses or 30 houses on this street. And I just wrote a, 
I wrote a letter, addressed it to every, you know, every address on our street. And then just walked around, Laura and I walked around and put one in every mailbox. It was like freezing cold. Also, I'm, I'm fairly certain that's a, a federal offense. Um, and you're not supposed to do that. So I did it like kind of covertly, like at dusk, which felt very creepy in retrospect. But it was just a letter at the start of COVID saying, this is a weird time. We anticipate it's going to get weirder. Let us know if you need something. We definitely have some older folks. Like we have one lady that's in her late nineties. And it was just like, Hey, if there's anything you need, here's my Facebook. Here's my email. Here's my phone number. Here's my name, my wife's name, my kid's name. It's basically like a business card with an expression of, I hope this is, this is crazy. Let's have a survivor's barbecue in July. You know, when we all get through this or whatever. And I still don't feel in some ways, I don't feel like we're really even ready yet. um, In our neighborhood to have a get together. I still think there's a degree of caution that people aren't ready to do a get together, which I could not have known in March. But when I did this, literally, man, we got blown up with people sending us texts and hey, here's our names. And if you never need anything and people like brought us gifts, actually somebody returned our letter with a letter from them and a bag of toilet paper, <laughs> which is, Aww. it wasn't individually wrapped. It was just like a plastic bag Loose. of toilet paper, which was a little weird, but I'd appreciate it anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, yes. and, and as silly as that letter was, it somebody like actually one of the people was like, "You're the official mayor of the circle now," or something. So, oh my just, gosh, mm. we have someone in our street. We call the mayor. She's awesome. Always up and down, knows every single. I she puts it, uh, me to shame. I think she knows the names and like stories of every single person on the block because she has a dog. And Tino needs to be walked every night. And sometimes Tino escapes. And then the neighborhood's looking for Tino. And (laughs) we're just all getting involved. So, but like she is like a catalyst to bring people together because she gets out there and she just stops and says hello and then just gets to talking with people. Um, And so she's like a a fantastic like benefit for our whole little street. And, yeah. and those well, are the silly things that you can actually feel almost like the power dynamics of your neighborhood that you can figure out about. Like, I've even found out like, Ooh, there's a little rift there. Like these two people don't like each other or whatever. Like there's, I would have never known. And that's why that art of neighboring that book that I mentioned was so it, as I've interacted with it and even the podcast of the author that I was talking about was so compelling is these are just normal people who most of the time you don't, your neighbors have more of an impact on your everyday life than sometimes your friends or your family, right? Like it can be a huge impact on your quality of life. And yet we usually don't even know them. And so COVID and summer, especially summer in Rochester, like we only have a few months to get this right because otherwise people just disappear into their homes because of the weather. So like really capitalizing on this. And um, I just found like, I made as silly as it is, I I went on Google maps and I actually made (laughs) like a stalker map of everyone in my neighborhood. You can like drop a pin and write information about that pin. And I just dropped a pin on every house. And as I got people's information and like their stories, I just started typing it in because to this map, because I don't know how else to keep everyone straight. I haven't even met some of these people in person. I've only ever texted with them because they reached out. And it's just been like a, sil- a simple way for me to like, if I know their names and I know their stories a little bit, the next time I see them, I might be like, oh yeah, that's whoever. And I remember this thing that I would have never remembered. And I know I'm having to work extra hard at it because we, I, you know, Laura and I in particular, we have no unsaved coworkers. Michelle, at least you've got like that contact through audiology. Like we have to be extra intentional. My neighborhood is really my only pie squared environment that I have. And so I can't waste it. And so as silly and stalkerish as it sounds that I wrote letters and then wrote all their information in Google, it's just <laughs> what I feel like I have to do at this phase. 
Sorry, Laura, you were going to say something earlier. No, I was just going to say that the thing that makes that stand out and the thing that makes that attractive is that it is countercultural. People are not expecting neighbors to show up like that. Um, And, you know, if I looked out and some lady is giving the neighborhood kids all popsicles, like to me, I'm like, oh, okay, what's the motivation there? Like there, there's something different about that person. And really that's the whole idea of everything we're talking about is being prepared to take every possible opportunity to live in a countercultural way. And we, I mean, it's, this is the silliest thing, but I decided to stock up early in COVID. I decided to stock up on broth and Gatorade. Cause I'm like, we, there's seven people in, in this house. Someone's going to get sick and we're going to need like, and no one, and then we're all going to get sick and no one's going to want to go to the store. I'm just like, just in case. And if anyone needs it. And then my, the neighbor directly across the street from me got COVID And I was like, I had read, um, because some other friends had gotten it. I had read about like dehydration is the thing that is actually one of the earliest kind of highest risk like symptoms. So I was like, Hey, go, I saw on face, he posted on Facebook that he was COVID positive and it was just feeling terrible. So I sent him the information that I had and I'm like, and there, you know, there's plenty of Gatorade and broth on your front steps. And he's like, I literally just posted this, but we were prepared to be able to meet a need in the moment. And I think when you see people doing those things, it is countercultural. It does stand out. And then people are curious about wh- why in the world would you do this? Mm. And then you just to be able to answer that question. It's like, honestly, like I live in a space where if it weren't for like God's grace in my life through Jesus, I would be who knows where. And I actually like am just bordering on a criminal enough as a person <laughs> that I am like, I can actually honestly say that. So I'm like, I would be a terrible person. So the fact that I'm able to do anything is God's grace. And so like, I just want to be available to show grace to other people. And that's it. It's just such mm-hmm. a small conversation. And those opportunities do come up if you're living in a countercultural and generous way, I think. Okay, I just want to say that some of these suggestions may sound terrifying if you are introverted and the, the idea of even saying hello to your neighbor might feel like scary. Um, and I do think that there's like a benefit if you're in a neighborhood versus being in an apartment building. There's a different feel and there's different opportunities. And I have definitely flopped on this before. I've lived in an apartment building off of Park Ave and like I knew maybe one out of six neighbors. And I, and I think that you got to start small sometimes too. Like maybe you won't be Aaron with a map of all of your neighbors, but if you know one person and you see them and then you think about them, you can try to invite that one person into your natural rhythms. And that's like a, like a sizable bite size, right? Like those like fun size candy bars. That's like, that's what, that's where I want to start, right? I just, just want to start with the fun size. I don't need to go for the whole map. I'm just ready to start with like one person who I can invite into yes. my natural rhythms. Um, and so like in that apartment building, everybody else like wouldn't even make eye contact with me, but there was one neighbor who I was able to connect with and it was like occasional, but it was me. And then there were uh, one or two opportunities over three years of living there. There were one or two opportunities where we got to have like, real long conversations and they were amazing and they probably would have never happened if I didn't do some kind of awkward hellos in in the hallway and say 
oh, hey, neighbor, how are you? And like try to start up some conversations. Um, but I, I would say like, just just start with somebody who you already know. And I think that's kind of the beauty of the pi squared model is you're supposed to pi square people you already know and people that are in your neighborhoods. And so, so maybe you have somebody in your life that you're investing in and you can maybe take it up a notch and invest in some more personal things with them. Maybe they need um, childcare or they need somebody to talk to about like family things. And those are going to take more out of you. But if you're willing to go there, then you're, you're really saying, yeah, I care about you enough to like have that hard conversation with you about something completely unrelated to faith. Just it's going to be like taxing on me. Um, so I think those are kind of some of the ways where you can take like friendships with coworkers or people that you maybe like friends from like your class, you can, you can be there for them in some situations and then have the relational equity to bring up more heavy topics. Like I believe in Jesus or mm. Jesus is awesome. And let me tell you why that might be uncomfortable sure. to them. And I love what you said about like introverts in particular, because as we were doing this, Lauren was totally in support and it's, she's great. And honestly is so much, has a much better gauge on what's weird and what's not than I do as a human. <laughs> but she was, as we were doing, as I was about to do, I was like, babe, is this weird? Like, it feels pretty weird that we're doing this. And she was like, well, first of all, you're doing it. And second of all, it's definitely weird. Um, and she's much more introverted, but in the end, like, She's also the kind of person who, you know, under normal circumstances would be at home much more than I am and have these interactions. And the fact that I'm like a little quirky and out there and going to be kind of, and then she's going to just be like the eye roll person to the side of like, hey, I'll actually be the normal one you interact with. <laughs> like, you don't have to worry about that guy. Those are like the balances in, in, in our particular situation where she's definitely more introverted and maybe wouldn't have decided to write those letters but is actually going to be the person who's way more thoughtful to remember, like, no, remember that time we talked to these people. And also she's, I'm, I'm egotistical enough to think I'm going to make them happen. I'm going to remember their names. And she can be the kind of person. And this was on the podcast too, who would just say like, I forgot their name. So I'm just going to say, Hey, I forgot your name. Can you remind me of your name? (laughs) And as silly as that is, that can literally be a barrier between you and a neighbor when you're like, Oh shoot, I forgot their name. And then you spend the next six months panicking every time you see them because you forgot their name. Instead of just saying like, they forgot yours. Like they haven't been thinking about you either. (laughs) So like just bridge. And she's so great. Like, and I think sometimes she introverted people in particular can be a great reminder to me. Cause I'm like, I'm going to remember everything. She's just like, just ask them their name. Like, it's really fine. Yeah. They're, they don't, they'll, they'll really be okay. And actually it could be, you can get over a barrier that might've prevented you from making progress. So much of what we're talking about is just being a normal person. <laughs> like we, the, you, the, the reason why people think Christians are weird sometimes is because we're doing this, we're having a whole podcast on how just to talk to a person You're and we're so giving tight. tips. We're giving tips like, and if you've forgotten their name, it's okay. And it's appropriate <laughs> to say, could you remind me of your name? It's like, if we don't know that, we have no chance of getting these people to come to church with us. But yeah, so much of it is just like, chill, be yourself, be a normal person. Like, it's okay. If you're an introvert, like no one's saying like, throw the neighborhood barbecue. But if you're invited, like maybe stretch yourself to show up. Like that's Mm. hard for an introvert. Or like so much of this, you know, we have our our street, we have like a Facebook group just for our little street. That's in a neighbor, in a, um, 
apartment complex, that could be such an easy thing to do. Be like, hey, ninth floor Facebook group. I'm just starting this. Here's an invitation to join the group. Just putting it like in everybody's little mailbox or something and just saying, just in case there's an emergency or just in case you know, you're sick and you need someone to grab soup for you at the store or just in case something happens and you, you want to know who your neighbors are, hey, here's my number or here's a Facebook group we can all join. And like, then we can get to know each other in case anyone has any needs pop up. Like that's something an introvert can do without ever speaking audibly to anyone. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'm thinking the introverts in my life who would be like, oh yeah, I can drop something in a mailbox. I don't want to talk out loud at a party. (laughs) So then do that. And as an extrovert, I made a huge deal about my dropping something in the mailbox to the point that I made it a production and did it at dusk in a creepy yes. way. So to be as yes. sure as possible that people would notice me doing it. So back to my nor- earlier point of just be behave like a normal person, less like a criminal. <laughs> less By like the way, I want to actually shout out when I, on Sunday morning, I made a joke about the like, hey, you want to get a, you know, come over sometime? And I did in like a weird voice. And I was like, tip number one, don't say it like that. I want to actually say that is Laura's joke, a hundred percent from pre-preach. I did the weird voice and she was like, why didn't you tell people not to use the weird voice? It's so <laughs> odd that you did that. And I was yes. like, oh, good point. Oh, good. I should write that down. Joke cred. I'll take that. Hilarity cred. <laughs> Uh, anything else, guys? We're right at our time here. But is there anything else that either of you want to include just as a, you know, a tip of something that you've heard or something that you've done when it comes to making relationships with your neighbors um, that can be a bridge for the gospel? I'll start with you, Michelle, if there's anything else you want to add. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, it just all comes back to Jesus brings me joy. And I loves being happy. I love being with other people who are happy and I love sharing why I can have joy even in craziness of something like COVID or job loss or sickness, all of that. Um, we're all, we're all in the thick of that together. And I think that if we just love people the way that Jesus loved them, he took care of their bodies and their souls. He didn't just care about what they believed. He cared about them and how they felt and how they were being taken care of. And he went around healing people. Even if, even if they never decided to believe in him, he healed them anyways. Um, and so I think we just need to remember that Jesus has got it handled. We're not in charge of anybody's eternal destiny. We just get to be out there and taking care of people and taking care of what, what they need in that moment, making sure that they feel loved and telling them about what Jesus has done for us. And God has got the rest and we don't have to Mm -hmm. worry about it. Mm That is excellent. And I think that that strategy thing, especially you can tell, obviously, in my personality, I'm like, I'll put a letter and then I'll make a map and then I'm going to invite them. Like, it's all strategy for me. And I just love that you guys are like, I delivered some broth and I was actually a good, normal person. And Michelle's like, I bring popsicles to children. Yeah. You guys are much more. Don't make that sound weird. (laughs) No, no. I just mean like you are (laughs) keeping an eye on your neighbors and being a human with them. And I'm over here trying to make a system. And I think both of these are reflections of personalities of people who are genuinely wanting to care about people, see them come to know Christ and use whatever God brings our way. Um, in my case, it's Google maps. And in you guys, it's actually human interaction. So good on you. For that. 
<laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on. Uh, I really appreciate both of you and your expertise. If anybody has like questions or comments and they want to reach out to you guys directly, um, anybody on our staff, their email is just their first letter of their first name and then their last name. So M Garinger or L Capuano at Northridge Rochester. Both of those are long and hard to spell. So if that doesn't work, just go podcast at northridrochester.com um, and we'll be sure to get you in contact with both of them. Um, they would be happy to build a relationship and maybe Michelle would even bring a popsicle if you guys got that. I, I will. I promise it. Yeah. <laughs> Guaranteed. So. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time. And uh, for all of our listeners, this weekend coming up is Nate Miller. He's going to be speaking on the last step of invite. I've gotten to hear his pre-preach already. And it's a great message all about some practical ways that if the opportunity comes up for you to share Jesus, what are like two simple ways that you can explain the gospel and what Jesus has done in your life. And so I'm really looking forward to hearing from him and he'll be on the podcast next week as we get closer and closer to September which is very hard to believe when we'll be back to it with Drew um, as he starts on September the 13th. I believe it is second week of September and we kick off our fall series. So thanks everybody. Looking forward to uh, hearing from you as your questions continue to come in. Thanks for taking the time to do that. And we will see you next time. See ya.